Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of Extreme Revisited. Here at the Indie Corner, I'm your host, Doug Bag, and I'm very happy here today to be taking you guys through a little journey back to the ECW arena in Philadelphia to look at some extreme championship wrestling. So, the idea here today is that I'm a kind of younger, newer fan to wrestling. I've been watching wrestling for about 10 years, but obviously because of my age, I've not been able to catch up on certain moments in wrestling, certain matches in wrestling, so there ain't no time like the present, and there's no better place to start than ECW. So today I will be looking at the compilation DVD, the first compilation DVD that ECW released, which is Extreme Evolution, released in August of the year 2000. Now, the interesting thing at this point is the year 2000 for ECW, it's been six years uh, that they've been running, and so I think they released this DVD to reach a larger audience, some people that hadn't tuned into their pay-per-views or tuned into their TV show, the hardcore TV ECW as it was known. So we open up Extreme Evolution DVD with our host, the voice of ECW, Joey Styles, welcoming us to the DVD and letting us know that we are in for the most extreme matches that ECW has to offer over their archive of the last six years. And just with the menus, with the, the original ECW tune, you're straight away back in the 90s, back into the gritty, extreme, dangerous world that was ECW. It feels very culty in all the right ways, and it's very excited to be presented by Joey, Sty Joey Styles, who is no better man at uh, selling you on a product and selling you on the idea of getting invested in ECW. So he lets us know that the first bracket of matches we will be seeing in this compilation DVD is title matches. And the first title match we have to offer is Rob Van Dam, the television champion, the whole effing show, facing Jerry Lynn, the new effing show at Hardcore Heaven 1999. So I said it there, that's it's an interesting thing that Rob Van Dam had not been pinned at this point. He hadn't been beaten and was a television champion. And Rob Van Dam became very famous for his high-flying, unique style, also became very extreme with the use of weapons and his agility mixed in one. But then along comes Jerry Lynn, who is just as athletic and as gains the moniker, the new effing show. So straight away you have that type of rivalry, which is the competitive rivalry of two athletes that are very similar in style, but also obviously the rivalry of RVD being the undefeated champion and Jerry Lynn wanting to gain the television championship. So we're also letting know just before the match starts for context that it is no time limits and no disqualifications, as Jerry Lynn has come close to beating RVD, but believes that it was a question of time where he, could, he didn't manage to get the win. So he's been given a no time limit match and no disqualifications to really find out here at Hardcore Heaven who is the real effing show. So straight away, it, it goes into a fast-paced hold headlock exchange and a strike exchange where both men miss all their strikes, showing that both men know each other very well. But they get that out of the way quickly because instead it suddenly starts turning into a very extreme brawl. Jerry Lynn throws an elbow 
elbow that busts RVD open just above the eyebrow and quickly after that RVD hits his unique Van Daminator, the martial arts kick with the chair onto Jaylin that busts him wide open. So it turns into a very intense brawling type matchup where Jerry Lynn is getting close every time to getting the one up on RVD but every time he's either distracted by the use of weapons, by the crowd brawling or even Bill Alfonso. RVD's famous manager known for his whistleblowing and extreme shouting and so every time that Jerry Lynn's getting close Bill Alfonso gets involved but Jerry Lynn is learning on his feet as you can see in this match as he manages to knock Bill Alfonso away with a flying chair shot just throws that chair right at him ECW style and Jerry Lynn comes close he even hits a sunset flip powerbomb from the apron through a table onto RVD but it's not enough to put RVD away RVD hits a 5 star frog splash and but takes so much time because this match has been going on for 20 minutes at this point that he can't straight away get to the pin and just as he goes to it, Jalen manages to roll him over, 1-2 no Jerry Lynn came so close to pinning RVD but then another Van Daminator with a chair and a second 5 star frog splash puts Jerry Lynn away at 26 minutes and 57 seconds so for me, seeing this match, it's not the kind of match I was expecting in the sense that when you see Jerry Lynn from the matches I've seen of Jerry Lynn in the past and the matches I've seen of Rob VD in the past, it's way more of a high-flying athletics showcase. But this match, like I said already, they quickly get that out of the way and go into a way more hardcore, brawling, intense match where both men are so driven to prove who is the best overall wrestler, not just high-flying, but overall, which means in the brawling with the chairs, um, with the mind games, and it gets so intense that, like I say, the, the ch chairs are involved, the tables are involved, and even though it wasn't the type of match I was expecting, it's a very, very interesting watch because both men are at the height of their careers, and also within this brutal brawl, you do still see the technical side of these two wrestlers. There's some phenomenal reversals, some phenomenal chemistry with these two, between these two guys, and also a really interesting story being told of Jerry Lynn getting so close to beating RVD, but he just can't get the win. Really fun match, um, really exciting. It was a bit long, but the fans enjoyed it up till the final second, so I can't complain. I would definitely check this one out. And the DVD presentation takes us back to Joey Styles as he shows some highlights from the match with uh, some EC with the ECW theme playing underneath, and he reiterates how close Jerry Lynn came to beating RVD, but he just couldn't get the win. Really good stuff here. So we go straight to our second championship match, but this time it is the ECW World Heavyweight Championship being defended. So before we get into this next match, that I do each episode a little fun ECW trivia because every day is a school day and especially when you're watching wrestling, you learn so many fun new interesting things as you de delve into the world of wrestling. So fun wee factoid, if you know it already, you can shout it out and show off to your friends and otherwise if you're about to learn it, you can also show off later on to your friends about how much you know about the world of wrestling. So the fun fact I learned that I didn't know was who the first ever ECW champion was. So I'll give you a wee second to shout it out and to be a show off if you know it. The first ever ECW champion was Jimmy Snooker. That was when back when it was called the Eastern Championship Wrestling and he and it was associated with the NWA. So Jimmy Snooker was the first ever ECW champion. It then became the Extreme Championship Wrestling Championship um, when Shane Douglas threw the old NWA belt 
in the bin and Sandman became the first ever crowned, the first ever extreme champion. So back to the, the matches and as you may have noticed from the theme song, the ECW championship is being defended by Mike Awesome and he is facing Masato Tanaka at November to Remember 1999. So Mike Awesome for a bit of context had moved to ECW after wrestling in Japan and Paul Heyman had noticed his work in Japan uh, and he came in and beat Taz and also Masato Tanaka in a three-way dance to become champion hence why Masato Tanaka gets a shot at the championship here at November to remember. So also the interesting thing at this point I don't think Masato Tanaka had got any uh, sorry Mike Awesome had got any wins over Masato Tanaka so it's looking bad for the champion in, in this show and I would also state if uh, anyone listening at home has never seen a Mike Awesome v Masato Tanaka match. You should pause right now. You don't need to hear my thoughts. You should probably just go and watch it because anytime Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka step in the ring together, whether it was in Japan, whether it was in ECW in the 90s, or whether even when they did the reunion match in 2005, they have a very special attraction match. It's a very special type of matchup as this one at November to Remember is no different. Um, let's just say that these two guys, when they're in the ring together, hold nothing back and leave everything, everything in the ring. And it starts off straight away in the matches. Both men go to each other and within two minutes, Mike Awesome does uh, planch a dive to the outside on Masato Tanaka. And if you love Undertaker's um, Planchard dive that he did at WrestleMania, that's great, but you should go and check out Mike Awesome's because you can criticise the name Mike Awesome, but there is no other way to describe this plancher than just awesome. He is a massive man flying very high and it is awesome to see. So these two guys just go at each other, um, they use chair shots, they are vicious chair shots, the infamous Mike Awesome goes to the top rope with the chair and just jumps down and lands a chair right on the head of Tanaka, but he manages to stay up and takes a second one, and it takes an awesome bomb, then an awesome splash, and then a super awesome bomb, which is a settled powerbomb from the top rope onto chairs uh, to finish Tanaka. That's just a little snippet, for example, of how much these guys are brutal to each other. Like I say, you should just go and watch this match. It can be criticised, absolutely, because it is certainly a match of the time and we don't see chair shots like this anymore. But at the time, it was the athlete's choice to do this and they certainly didn't hold anything back for the fans. They gave the fans everything. Tanaka, all of Tanaka's strikes are vicious. He does some with chairs. The, there's an awesome powerbomb from the ring to the outside onto a, onto a table. And this won't be the last time you hear this from me. The sound of ECW tables breaking is one of the best things. Along with the crowd reaction, it is just one of the most amazing sounds ever. So yeah, Mike Awesome gets the win in 12 minutes. But the way these athletes throw each other, throw themselves at each other, it's sometimes you can see at the end of 30 minutes, two athletes being very tired, almost like the, like I was saying in the Jerry Lynn-Rob Van Dam match. But these guys within 12 minutes have got to that point because within these 12 minutes there is so much brutality. And instead of using lots of weapons um, like some ECW wrestlers do or some extreme wrestlers do, these guys restrict themselves to two tables and a few chairs but just get with those instruments get so much brutality out of it 
this is just madness and awesomeness and I would just go and check it out because I can't tell you how jaw-dropping this match is. Amazing stuff. So happy to see it again. Check this stuff out. You gotta keep them separated. So we cut back to Joey Styles explaining that this match we are about to see has not been seen on TV, has not been seen on pay-per-view, it is literally too extreme to be aired. Um, and if you are going to look out some of these matches that I've been talking about, this one is particularly hard to find in itself because it is a barred wire match. That means that the ropes, there are no ring ropes, the ropes have been replaced by barred wire ikes. This is going to be nasty. And it is an ECW Championship match with the champion Sandman uh, defending against Raven. And this was right at the end of their feud. Raven and Sandman have a really intense feud in ECW. Um, a lot of extreme matches. But at this point, Raven had um, brainwashed Sandman's son uh, and managed to get him to be part of Raven's uh, gang known as The Flock. Um, and so this is a real bitter, bitter feud and so I guess Paul Heyman saw no better way to end it than a barbed wire match. You might hear a little bit of my terror in the voice as I talk about this match. Um, so the match starts and both men obviously are very worried about ending up in barbed wire and just for the aesthetics because um, if you've seen barbed wire matches before, more recently, the barbed wire is very tense. It's been pulled, so it, it's like bouncing against ropes, but with barbed wire. This one, the barbed wire is very, very loose. So it takes about five minutes as both men try to push each other to the barbed wire. But once they land in it, um, it's not the kind of they bounce back from it. The, their body makes the barbed wire very uh, tense by them being in it. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but I'm trying to explain it so that you can understand how uncomfortable it is to watch when finally Sandman gets thrown into the barbed wire. Um, they start fighting on the outside, uh, bar the barbed wire gets cut with a wire rope and then is used to strangle Raven by Sandman. The way that they throw each other is not pretty, and even Joey Styles says multiple times during this match on commentary, there's nothing pretty about that, and I think he could have said it, said it a lot more times. The way that they throw their opponent into tables, the way they throw them into the barbed wire is just nasty. There is no remorse in the way that these guys fight. Um, there are cuts within 10 minutes, there are cuts all over each other's bodies. Um, Sandman cuts some more barbed wire and wraps Raven around it um, and finally gets his famous uh, Singapore cane and smacks Raven over the head with a Singapore cane. Um, so Raven's wrapped up in barbed wire and then Sandman decides to wrap himself in barbed wire. No joke, this really happens. He wraps himself in barbed wire and there is a moment where he decides to jump over the ring wrapped in barbed wire and, and just throw himself on Raven. Then comes to a point where Raven manages to set up a table in the ring. He's going for a pile driver. Both men are bloody messies at this point. Goes for a pile driver through a table, but the table breaks before he can land it. So instead, he picks Sandman up. Even flow DDT. One, two, three. Raven is your new champion in 17 minutes and 38 seconds. 
I'm going to try and speak about this match without offending anyone if ever anyone loves this match. And if, if you do, I'd really love to hear your opinion. Uh, by all means, uh, hit me up on Twitter or whatever to, to talk about it because I'm really interested in what you enjoyed. But this, uh, compared to the other match, which was brutal and I couldn't look away, this match is brutality that all I want to do is look away. It's it's uncomfortable for me. Um, it's It's kind of crazy how much these guys are willing to do uh, to each other to get their revenge uh, it's it's nasty, it is really nasty I really feel for both men's bodies and I was like how many showers slash sleeps do you need to, to, to get that one off um, but I will obviously commend both men for, for what they are willing to do to each other in front of the crowd the crowd as well are just egging these two men on, the crowd are into every moment of this which is, makes it even more uncomfortable but like I say I kind of wish I hadn't said no comments on this match because it is really uncomfortable for me I feel like I need to take a shower and I'm only halfway through this DVD that's exactly what you want though from ECW I fucking love it So we're on to our next bracket of matches uh, introduced by Joey Styles, which is hardcore matches. Uh, I started to sweat at this point, thinking, well, well, if that match before wasn't hardcore, what are we in for? And so the next match is the Dudley Boys facing Balls Mahoney and Spike Dudley in a tag team match. Again, I've not seen all of ECW, even 20% of it, but when you're talking about a Spike Dudley match, my impressions were, I think Spike is going to get thrown around. And that took two minutes for Spike Dudley to climb up to the ladder and dive onto the Dudleys. Uh, the rumours are true, Spike does get thrown around. So Balls, Balls Mahoney and Devon brawl out and then it is all Spike and Bubba just brawling and he is throwing Spike all over the place. Comes to a point where he uses a cheese grater on Spike's head and he covers himself in Spike's blood. War paint, Joey Styles says. He's covering himself in war paint. So so some more brawling. Spike Dudley is becomes a swimming pool of red. Um, they brawl all the way to the concession stand, start using con concession items on each other. They get finally get back to the ring. Uh, Bubba and Spike coming back and Balls and Devon. And so now it's the Dudley boys beating down on Spike and Balls. The referee kind of gets pissed off with with um, the Dudleys and he does a wee clothesline. He actually bumps off the ropes and does a double arm clothesline to them. It does nothing, obviously, because you've seen the size of the Dudleys. Um, finally, and Joey Styles had mentioned this earlier uh, in the intro, there's extreme and then there's extreme. And if you want to talk about extreme, it has to be fiery tables. So the Dudleys set up two, not one, but two tables, lovely ECW there, and set fire to both tables. So you have two tables on fire um, and so obviously Spike Dudley gets powerbombed through two flaming tables. Nasty, nasty stuff. Um, but then just as the Dudleys probably think they've got it in the bag, they go for a chair shot on Ballsby Ducks and Devon gets hit with a chair and then Balls hits a Mishinoku driver and beats the Dudleys in 23 minutes and 14 seconds. So this is your typical hardcore match in my opinion in the sense that there is a lot of brawling on the outside 
there's a lot of objects being thrown around. Um, like I said, the concession stand gets involved. They brawl all the way up to the raft, like into the crowd. Um, there's two different brawls going on, so it's really a big, big brawl. The interesting thing I thought, which was funny, is that Spike Dudley climbs off the ladder within the first two minutes and dives off, which is mad. It is a mad height and a mad jump. And then there's all this brawling in the middle. And for me, I got really lost at this point. I, I, I just found it hard to, to keep up in the sense... Even I get that feeling that when you're in a crowd as well, and if you've ever been to a wrestling show and people start brawling around you, unless you're right next to them, if you find it very hard to be involved because you just kind of see people moving around the crowd. And the cameras are trying their best to keep up, but that's really the feeling I got. I kind of felt left out of the brawl for a lot of the time um, until the, obviously the firing, fiery tables come along. And then I'm up screaming again because it's fire tables. Come on, everyone loves fiery tables. Spike Dudley, however, is just so good to watch. Him getting thrown around, there is nothing better to see than Spike getting thrown around. And you can kind of tell that he's enjoying it, even though he's going through a lot of pain. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the dive and the fiery tables were in, insane and incredible to watch. Like I said, I got a bit left out in the middle. But still some really typical ECW stuff and... Uh, Really fun to watch because it is very much of the time. Also, I'd just like to say as a little snippet, hello Tony Khan, because on the apron of the, the ring, there is indeed the logo, Blood and Guts. Hi Tony, how are you doing? So coming back, to Joey Styles to introduce the next matchup, which is the tag team matchup of the Eliminators vs Dr. Death, Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. And this is back in October 1996. I was I was so surprised just with this type of match in the sense that I know the Eliminators, who doesn't know the call, which happens in the match. Joey Styles can't do it any better. The total elimination is just a great call so we know the eliminators but Dr. Death Steve Williams who again was very famous in Japan and you can tell Paulie likes to scout very hard and Terry Bam Bam Gordy are very old school wrestlers so again this is the surprise anytime you dive into ECW is that you'll be surprised with their roster that is one of the, the most interesting and awesome things about ECW is the scope of their ro roster over the years such and you such have such a styles clash in this match with the eliminators who are very famous for being tag team very over the top tag team moves um, and then Steve Williams and Terry Gordy who are very old school wrestlers um, known for the strong striking uh, technical side so very interesting match very surprised by it but really interested to delve into it so straight away you see that Styles Clash as Cronus does a back a back handspring elbow and then Dr. Dreth goes straight into a nasty German suplex Every strike that comes from Terry Gordy and Steve Williams looks nasty. I would not like to be hit by those guys. Uh, and throughout the match, Kronos is just getting beaten down by these two guys. Uh, Saturn finally gets involved and power bombs um, Steve Williams onto the concrete on the outside. Very nasty there. And they manage to get a total elimination. Hope that's good. Hope that's good enough um, reference uh, onto Gordy, but it's not enough. And so Kronos holds down 
uh, Terry Gordy. An important thing in this match, there is a scaffolding up on the side because ECW also love to do scaffolding matches, but this isn't even the scaffold match. But you can tell that Perry Saturn's got an idea and he climbs up the scaffolding and does a massive elbow drop onto Terry Gordy to pick up the win in nine minutes. Both men are broken after that elbow drop and paramedics come out and carry both Perry Saturn and Terry Gordy out. Like I said, interesting, interesting choice of match to put on this DVD. Not something I would expect at all, but at the same time I was pleasantly surprised to see all these men involved. Um, it was a short match, like I say, nine minutes, um, but it was it was quite hard because the crowd, compared to the other matches where the crowd are very much a part of the match and you can tell that the, the, the wrestlers uh, and the crowd are playing off each other, it's a very intense environment. This one, the crowd were very downplayed and didn't seem that invested. Uh, in what was going on in the ring, only suddenly when the, 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 the total elimination and the double team moves came out, they started to wake up and obviously they screamed for the massive elbow. So it was quite hard to get fully invested in this match because of that kind of awkwardness with the crowd. But still, like I say, very pleasant to see um, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy doing their work and the eliminators and that call from Joey Styles is always great to see. So we're into our final bracket for the DVD, which the final bracket of matches is classic matches. And Joey Styles explains before introducing this match that when you say ECW to any wrestling fan, they all have a different answer of what is the ECW match. But this is his pick for the ECW match, and it is from their first ever live pay-per-view, which is of course barely legal, 1997. So, and the match is the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu vs Taz. Uh, I'm sold already. This, this, I've seen this match before, but I was so excited to watch this match again. When Taz comes out with the lights, with the music, with the posse and the smoke, it's just so badass. Like there is no other way to explain it. And he's got his arms crossed, waiting for Sabu to come out. Sabu runs out, and unlike uh, other matches where, like for example, Rob Van Dam had be beaten, both these guys are, were right at the top of um, the rankings and had suffered. I don't think Taz had suffered a loss at this point, uh, and Sabu very little. So it is a very much a who is going to be the one, the ECW guy at this point, and you can tell the intensity is there just from the standoff. Um, Taz hits one clothesline and it takes Sabu straight down and. The, the strength, this, the, the presence of Taz is unreal. Uh, quickly, Sabu gets his nose broken by Taz as well, by these extreme punches. And that's the interesting thing as well. There's This match is very brutal, but it's two different types of brutality. You have Sabu's high-flying, like his name says, homicidal, suicidal. He throws his body at you with these weapons and chairs that he holds and his body itself. And Taz is very much more a brutality, a kind of MMA-style brutality of closed fists, submissions, and suplexes that land right on your neck. It's real nasty stuff. They brawl on the outside and then brawl back into the ring. Uh, 
again, Sabu's uh, somersaults are a thing of beauty, and there is a reason that people love them. These the flips he does is like un anything, and the way he throws himself at Tats is un insane. They set up a table between the guardrail and, and the apron. Uh, Sabu goes for his big DDT onto that table, but he he just gets thrown by Taz into that table, and it takes so much to put Sabu away. There's so many Taz plexes and he won't stay down. Sabu even manages to get a Taz submission of his own, but it's not enough. And after multiple Taz plexes, there's a Taz mission, and Sabu doesn't tap out. He passes out at 17 minutes 49. Uh, after the match, Taz grabs a mic and says, "You gave me the fight of my life." which is amazing, amazing to hear, and both men shake hands, hug, it's a beautiful moment, but then of course, Rob Van Dam has to come down and ruin it, he beats down Taz, and then Sabu just joins in, so much for that respect, and they put Taz through a table, and Bill Alfonso, who'd been managing Taz, takes off his Taz t-shirt and reveals he was with Sabu the whole time, and then Rob Van Dam is dancing around with the crowd reaction, grabs the mics, and he says, you know me, you know my schedule, I love to work Mondays, <laughs> and that's what fade away from that match. What a match! Like uh, I just say, go out your way to go and watch this match. This is a definition of badass. Both men have got nothing holding back, nothing, nothing to lose apparently from the way they fight each other, um, and it's just intensity. This this match is just intense, and the perfect styles clash of an extreme Sabu and Taz's extremeness with just his his strikes and his submissions. It's almost harder to talk about a match when you, you just love it, and that this is the case, this is a classic matchup. This is a match that put ECW on the map because this was their first pay-per-view match, and this is a match that I know fans were talking about for a long, long time afterwards, and look, I'm still gushing about it today, so that must be for a reason. Definitely go and check out this match. It's amazing. We're on to our final matchup for this Extreme Evolution DVD, and that is a mixed tag match. So there's very different opinions on mixed tag matches out there in wrestling, but ECW was very famous for getting women involved early on uh, in their history, and so this match is a mixed tag team match, and it's not a mixed tag team match for no reason. It is a blood feud between Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicutty. I'm sure I've heard that name before. But anyway, Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicutty v uh, Shane Douglas, the franchise, and Francine. So Shane Douglas is already in the ring, and Francine slowly reveals her attire, uh, which is very... Um, she's wearing very little, let's just be saying. It's very revealing, um, but you, you can take that how it is. Uh, Tommy Dreamer comes out, and Shane Douglas starts talking to Tommy and he shits on Tommy Dreamer, he shits on the fans and Tommy's got one answer for that and that shut the fuck up and he calls Francine a slut and big ECW chance go for that and so then Shane Douglas blindsightly attacks um, Tommy Dreamer from behind they start to brawl to the outside there is a weird moment where a fan apparently on commentary they call it out a fan tries to attack Shane Douglas with a chair uh, and is taken out the building so that's how intense the crowd at ECW was, uh, yikes, 
give me the fear, but also very jealous that I can't be there to experience that intense crowd. Um, so finally they brawl back uh, into the ring and Tommy gets beaten down with a chair. There's a nasty drop kick uh, while Shane Douglas holds the chair into Tommy's leg, which is really nasty. Francine gets tagged in and is enjoying um, Tommy Dreamer being on the floor. She knee drops him, but then out of nowhere, Tommy jumps back up and goes full Donald Trump, grab her straight, you know, and grabs her right there and Joey Styles calling it, as it is, the vaginal claw. Um, and so Tommy then tries to go for a pile driver, but obviously Shane Douglas comes and stops that before it can happen. Um, a DDT, Tommy G reminds he's get his DDT, but Francine interfering again. And so finally, Beulah's had enough of this, and she tags herself in and runs straight at Francine. And you know the famous call if you've seen ECW. There's only one way to call it, apparently. It's a cat fight! So they cat fight out the ring, and then Tommy Dreamer grabs Francine, goes for a power driver. Nope, not again. They brawl some more. Beulah gets smacked by, with a baking tray by Francine. Nasty stuff. Finally, Dreamer gets a real nasty power driver on Francine. Couple goals right here, as then Beulah goes for a moonsault and lands that on Francine. I wish my girlfriend and I could do a pile driver moonsault combo. Combo, but then Shane Douglas runs in, throws Tommy Dreamer out, and does a belly to belly suplex to Beulah, and gets the win as he pins her at 12 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, so that happened. Um, earlier on I was talking in the Mike Austin match about how very much that is a match of the time this is also very much a match of the time I, it's hard to comment on how the women uh, fight in this match and how the, the, the fans treat them that's a whole other story it's, it, it just wasn't my, my cup of tea again in the sense that there were some interesting moments but it got lost in the brawling the, you could tell that Tommy Dreamer wanted to hit that pile driver on Francine and it was really good that he finally managed to hit it because the crowd went wild for that pile driver so that was an exciting moment but apart from that there wasn't very many highlights for me like I said there was kind of comedy highlights in the sense of jaw dropping at how this looks now at the time um, but also it's just light hearted fun to the end of the day in the sense that the fans are enjoying it uh, the women are clearly enjoying themselves as you hear from their stories uh, from talking about these days now um, so it's just some good old ECW fun I guess uh, but yeah again don't quote me on this So there you have it, that was the first rundown of matches of Extreme Evolution DVD. So my overall thoughts, so interestingly enough the first half really got the title I thought, the first half building from Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam into Mike Awesome Tanaka and then even the barbed wire match, it felt really like an Extreme Evolution, it was getting more and more extreme so I was really involved and even though for example I said that the barbed wire match wasn't really my thing. It still felt very much in line with what the DVD was presenting, so I was really enjoying it. The second half, however, was a bit harder to get through, as you might have noted from my notes. Uh, I felt the matches were a bit of a weird choice for, uh, like I say, an extreme um, collection. Uh, however, it was really good to see the roster, and they had a very good choice of matches coming 
counteracting that by getting everybody who you would think of ECW, Sandman, Tommy Dreaver, Raven, Rob Van Dam, all of these guys are in it. Um, and also you really get the scope of ECW even with just this first DVD um, because you have the tag team brawls, the extreme barbed wired match, the, the real athleticism, you have all these different qualities of wrestling in this one DVD, so it really shows you the scope of what ECW can do and the scope of how it is not just extreme, but there's a lot of different things in there for lots of different types of people. So that was a real pleasure to see. Um, I would definitely, of the things I would definitely go and check out, definitely go and check out the Geraldine Rob Van Dam match from Hardcore Heaven. Definitely go and check out Masao Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Just go and see all of them. I think they're all worth it. And then definitely check out the Taz and Sabu match if you've never seen it. Or go back and watch it again because it's an absolute pleasure to see those two athletes as well. Real high quality matches there. And I'd even say if you're looking for some fun, check out the tag match. Um, the Dudley Boys and Spike v Spike involved because it's really fun to see Spike Dudley. And hopefully I'll be seeing more of them in these collections. So yeah, those, that was my review of Extreme Evolution DVD. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. Please hit me up uh, at the Indie Corner or at Dougbag on Twitter uh, with your thoughts, your recommendations, or even if you want to criticise what I said, by all means, uh, come and have a chat with me about wrestling, come and have a chat to me about ECW, it would be an absolute pleasure. So next DVD we'll be covering is the Path of Destruction DVD that will hopefully be up soon. So until then, I've been Doug Bag here at the Indie Corner. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you guys today. Take care, enjoy, and stay extreme, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>